Today I begin a series. I'm going to do two of this series now and two more in September. Uh, they're about how we respond as a church to uh, those who are uh, visiting our church. And not just visitors uh, in a Sunday, but in our community, how we respond to reaching people for Christ. And you'll see that as the next uh, Sunday and then in the fall. <clears throat> Nikki and I were on vacation with our family a couple of weeks ago, and we were in Destin, Florida. On Sunday, we do go to church. We went to the Destin United Methodist Church to one of their contemporary services, which was early. Uh, what impressed me most about the service was not the music, which was good. Uh, the preaching, I thought, did a, well, a good job, too. The structure was really nice, big, open, uh, gymnasium-looking place like we might have in the future. Uh, nice setting. Uh, they had someone in the parking lot helping you if you needed, uh, golf carts to travel, all the right things. But what struck me the most, the best, we arrived at our customary last minute. You know, you do that, you know, last minute. We walk in, the place is almost completely full, so much so that the uh, ten of us cannot sit together. And we're trying to figure out who's going to sit with who and stand at the back looking around. And then someone in the last row turned around and looked at us standing there and realized that we were kind of having a problem. So he walked over and talked to my son-in-law and said, I'll get you some chairs. Went and got in the back, took a hand truck, moved out and set us up our own row of chairs. There we were. What better can do? We got our own back row. We did. They gave it to us, all for us, and we filled it up that morning. It was a true welcome in hospitality. It came not because there was a, a group of people there with truck, hand trucks just watching for folks, but because someone who was just a, a regular member of the church was thoughtful when he saw someone come in and they had a problem and he was going to help solve it. I thought, now that's the way to do it. That's the way to help somebody. Hospitality, you should study in the Old Testament sometime and know how important it is and know that in their Bedouin culture, which you see in the Old Testament, it was important, an expectation that when a stranger showed up at your house, someone you had no idea they were, that you welcomed them fully. That is, with, the, with great meals, with uh, a good accommodations for them, and they felt like they would belong. They were a part of it. That was expected in that Bedouin culture. Abraham and Sarah experienced that when they allowed uh, three men to come and join them to find out the end of those men who prophesied uh, Isaac's birth in just a short period of time were actually angels, and they were amazed to do it. So the first passage lets us know when we welcome people, we're never quite sure who it is. In some ways, God is very much in front of us looking to see what we're planning to do. But you know, in our culture, we have often teach our children when they're small uh, to avoid strangers. You know, we even read ours a book when they were little that a never talk to strangers book. Did you do that? You know, it's because we live in a culture that is not altogether safe. And we're just trying to put a, not a total fear in them, but a little bit of caution to be aware that when a stranger's around and to be cautious about what's happening. And I understand that. I did it myself as we raised, uh, were raising our children. But what I don't understand is when we as adults do the same thing. How, how can we be welcoming if we treat strangers as someone you never talk to? I mean, if a stranger shows up in this church, you need to talk to them. Okay? You need to talk to them. Take time before you leave to find someone that's new that you had not seen before. 
and, and welcome them. And okay, if they're a member already, that's okay. You can say, I don't know you, my name is, and, and welcome them, and so glad to see them in worship today. But it's a great start that we learn to care for those who are around us that are strangers. Jesus even said it's so important. He illustrates in Matthew 25, the end of time, when he'll divide it by two groups. And it's not by did you go to church or not, or what you believed or not, or what labels you wore. His divisions were based on, did you uh, care for me when I was sick? Did you help me when I was hungry? Uh, did you give me something to drink when I was thirsty? Did you clothe me when I was naked? Did you visit me when I was sick or in prison? If you did those things, he said, you're in this group. If you didn't do them, you're in that group. And the people in both groups said, you know, but when did we see you and do that to you? And Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He's saying to us, I want you to look at every stranger, everyone you see walking in the church that you don't know, that Jesus is present right there in them. As though it were him that you were caring for. It'll help you. It'll help you to see them differently and to know that God has a plan for them to be there and you and I can be a part of that with them. You know, in Acts 27, we learned that, that Paul, after a shipwreck on an island, headed to Rome where he's to, to appear before uh, the emperor. Uh, after the shipwreck, the people on the island uh, care for them. It's so important that we learn a ministry of compassion and caring and know that people respond to it. Um, we use these terms in the church often. We use the term member and visitor. In fact, every Sunday, virtually every single Sunday, there are visitors with us. Uh, I'm always excited that we too have people that just are passing by on a Sunday. They're traveling, you know, like you go on vacation time. It comes time for church, and they stop here, and they worship with us. I, I would say virtually every other Sunday there's a family here just to stop off the interstate. They're going to worship. Some actually do it every year. They have a regular pattern of coming to a certain place, I guess, and this is their plan to stop and go to church here. And it's wonderful to see it, people who come and worship here. But we use visitor and we use member, and you know, those two terms sound like if you're a member, you belong here. If you're a visitor, we don't know. And those aren't very good terms sometimes. They don't say enough about how we are to act toward each other. Instead, we should use terms like a host and a guest. I know that may sound like a business term to some, uh, a guest in a motel might be, but think in terms of people here, what that means. Let's shift to, to the second story in our uh, uh, passage, that of Zacchaeus, the wee little guy. Uh, remember when, he, when Jesus met him, he said to Zacchaeus, what did he say? Say it to me. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. Remember that? Kids sing it, and we understand Jesus looks up and sees this funny-looking man who's obviously wealthy, hanging in a tree in his good clothes. And Jesus invites himself to the man's home. By the way, it's the only story I know of in the New Testament where the good man comes, the rich man comes out ahead. Rich people usually do not fare well in Jesus' stories. But here's Zacchaeus, who is a wealthy tax collector, who's been doing well, and Jesus says, I want to go with you. He could have picked anyone else in that crowd, some great religious folks. Instead, he goes to the guy who is hated among all of them because he represents the occupying Roman forces, taking money from his own people, taking more than he should have, according to many. 
And Zacchaeus is so moved by Jesus' hospitality, even though it's kind of reversed there, isn't it? Jesus says, I'm going to invite you myself to your house. How about that? And Zacchaeus is so thrilled. He is life changes from that moment when he says, you know, Lord, I'm going to give half of all that I have to the poor. That's a pretty impressive offering. I don't know how much he had, but that's pretty impressive to get half of it. And he said, if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll pay them back fourfold under the law. He didn't have to do more than twice. He is generous. He is so moved by Jesus' hospitality, even though it's he who will host Jesus. He is so moved by that acceptance that his heart is changed at that moment. That's the business we're in as the church is the changing of hearts. And one of the best ways to change a heart is to love someone. Not wait on them to prove they need it or deserve it. Just do it. Because when we do, God can meet them and he can make changes in their lives because we were willing to be generous and kind to them. We hope this year we begin the the, uh, uh, family promise ministry. I believe that's as clear an example in in our day that you can to the hospitality that Jesus points to. That we're called to be a people who open our door to the stranger and don't make them feel like they're strange at all. That we love them in Christ. We feel like they're comfortable. They feel like they could belong here with us. That's what he wants us to do. To be that kind of people. If you want to listen to something, see something interesting in the scriptures, is go to the last closing on all the letters of the New Testament and see the response as Paul, and many of them, writes to churches reminding them of who he knows, often listing names, but also being thankful to them as they were, uh, they were his host in time he was there. The church was built around the concept of hospitality. The early church, of course, being house churches, There were no structures separate just for church meetings. People met in homes. We understood what it meant to be a host and to be a guest. And we tried to reclaim that in the church and know that we learned to reach out. How do you do that? Three short things. One is that you need to know that guests are highly anticipated people. In your home, aren't they? If you know you got a guest coming, you do things preparing for them. Uh, We do things like clean the house. Uh, you ladies figure out what's the best thing to feed them while they're there. And it may mean that you know what they like and you understand what they don't like or if they have a food limitations or allergies or something. You find out about it and you try to accommodate them because you want them to feel welcome as a guest. We do wonderful things for guests. We make room for them. We anticipate their coming, preparing for them. We eagerly await their coming. That is, we're not dreading it, but we're looking forward to it. Next week when vacation Bible school comes, that is the greatest week of the year that we are hosts. We're hosts to our community. Out of those 300 children that come, about 200 of them are not ours. They are the community children. Some of them are our grandchildren. We have two coming this time for it. They had to come and do that for us. So, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity all week long to be uh, the host. To all those guests from our community, and we enjoy doing it. We eagerly await the coming. And then we should be, they should be exceedingly loved when they arrive. They shouldn't just be thought of as, oh, who is that? They hear, I have to do something to accommodate them, but we earnestly love them, even as Jesus teaches us to. For he said, if you do it unto them, you've done it unto me. He wants us to know 
we are to be guests. We are to be good hosts to our guests. Now, I have a short video I want you to see, and we'll do this, and we'll, we'll uh, have a closing prayer for the sermon. Okay, it goes on a lot longer than that, but we figured you had enough of it, okay? <laughs> to me, it, it just shows the excitement and anticipation and love that comes when you choose to invite others to welcome them in the setting with us, knowing that God can use that. Of course, you read the, the whole story of Beauty and the Beast, the beast gets into trouble because he is not welcoming. His heart has to be changed and open, and I believe our hearts have to have the change for us to be an open, loving people to those who come to us. And when we do, it's not only life-transforming for us, it is also for them. Would you pray with me? Our Father, your love and care is what we need, it's what we desire, and what we want to learn better to share. Help us, Father, as we want to be your church, open in body and in compassion and caring in every way possible. In Christ we pray. Amen.